Welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. Jason Kristoff has a worldwide reputation as a cutting-edge self-sabotage coach, helping people not just accomplish things like weight loss and health recovery, but to accomplish things like activating one's full potential in a big way. And you may have seen or listened to his eye-opening information, truths, and philosophy on many other podcasts and shows across the globe, as well as his own podcast, The Psychology of Freedom. I have been wanting to have him on my show for quite some time, so I am just absolutely thrilled to have you. Jason, thanks for being on the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. Thanks for inviting me, Diane. I appreciate the invitation. It's an honor to have you. So before we hit the accelerator here, um, which I know you will do (laughs) very well, can you give us a brief background of just what your training um, is and what fed your expertise and what got you on this path of helping people dismantle their self-sabotage? Well, I was your typical, I tell people I was your typical North American soulless meatbag at one time. And I went to, you know, I tried to get good marks because of the programming. I mean, all mind control is reward and punishment systems. So I wasn't aware of all those systems that were in place, even though I was following them uh, very intently. And I tried to get good marks. I went to Canada's best university at McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. And I, I was, again, programmed. I had these mind viruses riddled throughout my psyche. I wanted to get good marks and please people, uh, be accepted, get a job, buy a house, get in debt, and then party. I, I always wanted to get to the top of the corrupt ruling pyramid where all the all the parties and the ladies were, and I would do anything I could to get up there. And I was, not only did I have the standard programming of going to university, trying to get a job, uh, getting a house, getting a car and getting all set up like that. I had your typical alcohol programming. It was more self-abusive. Some of these programs I talk about that get placed into our subconscious mind by TV and media, they're, they're more patterns than particular. So they're more self-abusive. I was very self-abusive. I would hurt myself with alcohol, narcotics, and steroids, and stay up late and eat bad food and fraternize with people I shouldn't be hanging around with. And by the time I was 29, because of all these you know, behavior modification protocols that were inserted into my mind. I was almost dead at 29. Mm. I was really infected with this self-loathing, self-sadistic, self-hatred-based mind virus. And my body just said no. Like like Dr. Gabor Matei wrote that book, When the Body Says No. So the body told me, no, I'm not going to walk today. So I had this huge problem with my left leg. It was almost paralyzed. It wouldn't work. I had this massive shooting pain down my left side. I think eventually they figured it out. It was my liver, but they didn't know that at the time. Mm. And I called a 
very advanced healer from the Czech Institute. And they're out of California with Paul Czech. He's one of the most advanced uh, holistic healers in the world. He sent me one of his best practitioners and they arrive knowing what I know now. So they come to the office knowing this guy's infected, not with a disease, but with a with a mind virus, with behavior modification protocols, uh, like psychological implants. He doesn't like himself. He, he's running east looking for a sunset, rearranging the furniture on the deck of the Titanic. And so they never, they never addressed the leg problem. They addressed all the behaviors and uh, all the beliefs that were you know, causing the leg problem. And she managed to remove that leg problem very, very quickly. It was almost like magic. And then she started talking about, look, your, your ideas on life and, you know, your body's a walking lie detector and you're putting a lot of lies through your lie detector. You're going to break your lie detector, which again is your body. You might want to start working with your body and not against it. And if you're going to live out any kind of idea, your body will let you know if it's true or not by the sort of, if it gives you pain, it's like a natural GPS system. If it gives you pain, you are not supposed to do any of it. And if it gives you pleasure, you're supposed to do more of it. So I was very interested in that philosophy. So I attended the Czech Institute in, um, I think it was Vista, California. And I became a, a Czech certified practitioner myself. But then when I came back to try heal other people, I found out something even more important that they were terrified of being their best. Mm. I couldn't get anybody to follow the diets that I gave to them. Uh, they paid me thousands of dollars, which was great because I could pay my rent and eat some real nice organic food and get going with my evolution, but they would never follow through with anything they paid me to help them accomplish. They're always into the wine, into the coffee, mm -hmm. into the chips, the ice cream. They'd eat whole rows of cookies after, you know, we might have a lady that needs to lose 50 pounds. She'd lose 10. And then I would watch her scurry back into some kind of mental cave where she was terrified to lose even the next five. Right. And I said, what is this? Like, what, what's going on with this? And uh, so I was making good money, but no one was getting any kind of fulfillment. I wasn't fulfilled because they were failing. And then when they would go out on the town, They'd say, oh, I have a trainer, Jason Kristoff, but they would be just as uh, diseased or, or big <laughs> as they were when they started their journey. So I started to investigate hypnosis and brainwashing, neuroscience, mind control, behavior modification. And then I started to use it like NLP. I started to use it against, not against my clients, but I would basically try to brainwash them to not be afraid of success. And I was baffled. It worked so good. I stopped doing diets and I stopped doing exercise regimens. And I only started doing basically using the same brainwashing techniques. Like when you look back at me, when I was addicted to the drugs and the alcohol and all the, I was brainwashed, but in a negative way. And the part of the brain that's hacked and brainwashing, you can also hack it in a positive way. Like it doesn't really know the difference. It'll do whatever you program it to do. So what I, all I do now is I use 
brain, the same brainwashing techniques that were used against me and they're used against the public daily. And I trick this part of the brain to be okay being better, being okay being healthy, wealthy, and wise. And it works fantastic. Some of the, all of the results I get some as a practitioner of the being a self-sabotage coach, you you hope people get success, but there's so many times I've turned around and say to whoever's standing next to me, I don't believe they changed that. <laughs> there's no way they did that. And they do it and they do it all the time, which goes to show um, why the people who rule us are very focused on this part of the brain because you can really make a human do anything you can even make humans hurt themselves and that's the sort of scenario we're caught up in today right you know you brought up two things that kind of stand out in my mind one is that you know i do energy kinesiology and biofield tuning and working on hundreds and hundreds of people i find that it's not the viruses and we can go into that whole thing where in the history of virology there's never been a virus that's ever been identified we need to get that in writing somewhere but <laughs> um, guaranteed but uh viruses we can call them programs like you said these mind viruses they hold the most gravity for everyone because there are shitty stories that get calcified in our consciousness, get calcified in our field, and thus get calcified as these perturbations or this noise or this um, dis-ease or a tumor, God forbid, in the body. And so uh, mind viruses are really where it's at. And then I think, well, like you were saying, with everything you were eating and everything that we are encouraged to eat based on the media, based on what we read and what we see on TV. And it's like, it's all throwing off the brain, the prefrontal cortex, so that we can't be in that unification. We can't be in that higher mind. And we're in the reptilian brain. We're in the fight or flight. And then we just are, we're the hamster in the wheel, just eating its tail over and over and over again with this denatured food. I think of one of my good friends who's uh, really been trying to lose weight and she's in a cycle. She'll never listen to this podcast, so that's good. But, <laughs> but I see her post periodically these, she's a wonderful baker and she makes amazing cupcakes, but there ain't no freaking way that she's not sticking her finger in the batch and tasting that while she's on her quote unquote diet of denatured foods. That's all processed junk that has nothing organic and more and more chemicals that keeps the brain off kilter. So it's like, there's a lot of um, ladder to climb here and there's a lot to unpack. Um, let's, let's kind of shift gears a bit, Jason. And as this is a spiritual podcast, or at least a podcast that I like to introduce spiritual tenets or um, principles, it begs the question to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be spiritual? And to me, it means to get connected to our innate, to our authentic self, the self with the capital S, um, that which awakens goodness and joy and love and freedom and all these things. And so that we can actually activate and work with the light, that we can actually be the light worker that we in inherently are. And that brings me to the question, 
Well, there's so much going on right now that is not of the light and is not encouraging these uh, soul attributes or these heart-centered attributes or these attributes of humanity. Hume is, by the way, another name for God. Anyone that's listening and doesn't know that, to be human means to be God-man. So could you go into, as a sort of entryway into where we're potentially going here, what is the negative forces that are at play right now as far as preventing us from this spiritual ascension? Well, I think, Diane, you hit on it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned the frontal lobe. So the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that is supposed to check all our behavior to see if it's logical or rational. Now, the people ruling us know that that's the function of the frontal lobe, and they've orchestrated a war on the frontal lobe. There's definitely a war on the frontal lobe to shut it down. The easiest way to shut it down is through fear. So the average person doesn't, they, they don't know how their brain works. Now, the, like I said, like the people ruling us have done many studies on rats and ferrets and mice and cats. And if we ever, if you ever think they're interested in the uh, stress results of these experiments, the stress experiments, if they're not interested in the results of cats or dogs or mice, they're interested in gaining that knowledge Mm -hmm. and weaponizing it against us to change our brain function and to shut off the frontal lobe. And so the average person, if you were to explain to them that, I mean, if someone's mugging you or you lost your job or there's a death in the family, you get a fight or flight reaction. Now, when you're in the fight or flight, you, like you said, you mentioned it, it goes to the limbic system or the reptilian brain, and that shuts off the frontal lobe. But this is why all of the movies are fear-based on Netflix. Everything's fear-based. So this agenda, this attack on the frontal lobe, it's, I tell people, if you take your average watch, there's 150 pieces in the average watch, and they all sort of work together. They're all cogs, and they all accomplish one goal, which is to tell time. And if we go in the daily rituals or ceremonies of the average person, they're always engaging in these these habits that just inhibit or shut off the frontal lobe completely, always a fear-based response. And if you, you have people, if they were educated to know that there's only one fear-based response. So whether you're getting chased by a pit bull or you're eating poison, your body's fear response is based on a threat to lifespan. So if you're having Doritos and beer and hot dogs and McDonald's, you're activating your your fight or flight system as well and the fight or flight system when activated shuts down the frontal lobe because when your life is threatened there's that reptilian part of the brain that takes full care and control of the whole neurological system because it's the ministry of defense so that this is what's this is what's really going on is that Well, the biggest sort of inhibitor or shutting down cessation substance for the frontal lobe is caffeine. Mm -hmm. And this is why there's 26,000 Starbucks and 
you can look into Starbucks. There used to be about 35, <clears throat> excuse me, 35 stores. And I think it was like 1989, those very small cluster of stores were in trouble for bankruptcy. And then it was Bill Gates and William Gates Sr. that came in with the seed funding and wanted a Starbucks on every corner. Now, Starbucks dispenses nothing but straight line poison. And any poison that registers in the neurological system will flip that switch, will activate the limbic fight or flight system, will shut off the frontal lobe. So anything that poisons the body deactivates the frontal lobe. And when, when we go limbic or we go in the fight or flight, we go from thinking to reacting. And the reaction are based on the programs that e either God put in or, or the government put in or media put in. And there's various ways to get back into those programs, but they're always self, they're always hyper defensive. <laughs> they're low IQ because when you're trying to defend yourself from a lifespan threat, high IQ is actually detrimental to defending yourself. I mean, you, if you're attacking me with a knife, if, if the, the brain complex won't let me think about what I want to, where I want to live when I'm 75, <laughs> because during that thought, you could probably get the knife into my neck. <laughs> yeah. So the defensive mechanisms inside the brain complex are notoriously low IQ. They're very primal. They're reactive. There's not a lot of thinking and they don't have the ability to consider long-term consequences. And that's, that's, the great part of the design is that if someone enters your house going at your kid, you have a nervous system that says, okay, go kill that guy. You're not there. Uh, what, what would the law case look like legally? Am I on side? You're just going to go do what you have to do. And that's the beauty of it. But when you're feeling under threat or your nervous system is feeling under threat all the time, because you watch, you know what? I mean, every movie, every TV show is about. I mean, look at Dexter, or some, I mean, it's just killing, killing, and killing. And this activates the fight or flight response, and that's just the visual aspects. But then you get the news, which has more fear than the the hacking and butchering murder shows that are on Netflix. You got. Talks, talk about a virus, a pandemic. It's coming to get you. We won't let you have your freedom back till they, people do this and say this and wear that. And we're coming door to door like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, <laughs> the axe or the door. So, and that's just the visual impacts. Well, the chemical impacts are worse because caffeine has a half-life of six hours and caffeine is what's called an alkaloid poison. Uh, the cat, there's lots of plants other than the coffee plant that produce caffeine. They all produce it for the same reason. So that if a bug is crazy enough to come over and eat the plant leaf, it'll die. Caffeine is a poison. It uses the coffee pods to strategically drop like it, drops the coffee pod strategically around the plant to poison the root systems of other plants so that the coffee plant has access to more sunlight. So caffeine is a poison 
it activates the fight or flight system, shutting down your frontal lobe. And then you go to this childlike low IQ state. You're, you're, you go to a reactive state. You're not thinking. You can't consider the long-term consequences of your actions. So if you were in the position of ruler, what would you try to do to the ruling population? You would try to infuse them with various different psychoactive chemicals known to affect brain function, known to shut off the frontal lobe, and known to hyperactivate the limbic system or the hindbrain or the reptilian brain or what's called the R complex, where you're going to be dealing with children. Yeah. Right? So this, so I, t- I don't know what the question was, but I think the question was, what's really going on or, you know, what's, where from, the- what's from this ascension and really being awake. And it's all these things like caffeine, you know, to your point, and you answered it great, Jason. Um, yeah. To your point during this whole pandemic, all the places of worship, churches, temples, yoga studios, uh, beaches, um, going on a hike, you know, my hiking trails were closed, but uh, let's keep all the alcohol, the liquor stores open. Let's keep the weed stores open. Let's keep Starbucks open. And uh, there you have it. Yeah, so. That's a hundred percent. And that, that's always, they do. And if you want to get into like a beta brainwave state, right. uh, you have to be talking to other empowered human beings. So, and in, in brainwashing studies or animal training alone, even if you're training horses or, or dogs, the dog handler or the horse trainer will say it's best when you train an animal alone, when they're in isolation, because they don't have the influence of uh, other animals or other people. And so everything we're getting that's being done to us is a brainwashing technique. Fear is a brainwashing technique. Um, THC, alcohol, caffeine are known brainwashing psychoactive drugs. Uh, there's so many brainwashing techniques that are documented that are being used against us all the time. Even when our political leaders announce whatever they're announcing on their, their live updates, it's been shown in brainwashing that if I'm trying to brainwash you, you will take on my emotional vibration. So a real leader, like a real leader thousands of years ago would always keep everybody calm because if there is a problem, you can only solve it when you have the frontal lobe active. You would never, a true leader will pretend they got everything together so that it wouldn't infect everybody else. But in where I live, someone like Doug Ford, who's basically kind of a Masonic hand puppet, he, he would get out and say, oh, Ontario staring down the barrel of a gun. And if you know brainwashing and behavior modification and what's called menticide, which is the death of the mind, ment meaning mind, menticide, these are all known and documented menticide protocols to destabilize the person so that mentally they have nowhere to put their hands and get a grip. Mm-hmm. And then once they're manipulated and destabilized, as they're falling down, you throw them the rope, you throw them the life preserver, which you've hand is, you know, handcrafted. And the, the person who's being destabilized will grip on it because 
it's been shown that even if a boat is burning and someone's drowning, if you throw the life preserver and pull them to the boat, they'll still come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these are odd experiments that I, I research quite a bit. And you can see it's, it's all acting out in the public that they're, uh, they're after the frontal lobe, they're activating the limbic system, but they, this isn't, they had to get people to this point, this sort of chemical lobotomy and tranquilization and almost permanent activation of the limbic system, the fight or flight system through caffeine, alcohol, scary movies, and you know, even working night shift. I mean, they they were had to be working on this sort of agenda for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, so much, so much to unpack here. It makes me, uh, it reminds me of a talk I just heard from Robert Kennedy Jr. And uh, an amazing talk that he did up in San Jose, California. And he talks about at length how what we've been experiencing is straight out of the CIA mind control books, techniques. And uh, if you, like you say, you know mind control, you can see it for what it is and recognize it. Has there ever been a time in civilization where the leaders didn't try to control the population? I mean, when did governments start trying to control the people? They've always tried to control them. And if you study mind control, you'll always go back to a country. And this people find this hard to believe, but you can, you know, you Google it and you're going to find it. But there's a country uh, where Azerbaijan is right now in Iran uh, called Media. That was the actual, I I swear. Unbelievable. (laughs) So look it up. It'll come up on your, at the top search, a country of media. And they'll say it was in ancient Iran. And the people who lived there were called the Medes. Mm. And what did the Medes know? And what did they sell? How did, how did they become so wealthy? Well, they knew these mind control techniques. And this is, so this has been going on a very, very long time. Humans have a particular part of the brain called the subconscious and it's loving. It's a very loving part of the brain. It wants to protect you. So it has a protection protocol that it lovingly applies all the time. And its protocol is to analyze the environment in which you live Look for repetitive content. That's its main function. Look for repetitive content. And the repetitive content registers as what the majority are doing. And the way the human nervous system operates, it knows that people like other people that are like them. So if you can establish what the majority is thinking and doing and believing Uh, The subconscious mind, that's its main job. Figure out what the majority is living out as truth. And then the subconscious, because it declares that it's it's best in charge of the safety protocol, makes you a script subconsciously and then you act it out. Mm-hmm. without your conscious awareness. So the key to making someone do exactly what you want them to do is repetitive content because this part of the brain operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, even when you're sleeping. This is how sort of obsessed it is with making sure you're safe. It doesn't want to miss a second of what's going on, seeing what everybody's doing. 
And uh, look, I'll just give you a real example of this is uh, there's a movie gone in 60 seconds. And I'm sure you've heard this story in 2001 with Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage. It was a movie about car theft and it was a story of Nicolas Cage had to come out of retirement as a car thief and steal a hundred cars to satisfy some mobster that was going to kill Nicolas Cage's brother. And they filmed about 25 of the hundred cars being stolen. And if you're in the theater, your subconscious mind has been proven not to know the difference between real time screen uh, real life screen time and imagined thought right so as you're watching the show psychologists behavior modification psychologists know that the subconscious mind actually believes it's participating and living in a car theft tribe it seems it sees many repetitions of car theft and then it makes a script and says hey everybody here is stealing cars um, if you want to fit in, be safe and secure and, you know, blend in, go along to get along, you'll do exactly the same. And the average person says, well, that doesn't, no, that's not how behavior works. Well, when uh, Gone in 60 Seconds was released in Burnaby, BC, Canada, car theft went up 70% in the first four days. Right. And it did that all over the world. You just had to go and look into that. Right. So... I can't remember your question, but basically, you know, this is the way media works. And like uh, uh, RFK Jr. was talking about this, the repetition is the key. We see what the repetitive themes are throughout the world. We are inside the biggest psychological operation, the biggest mod, uh, behavior modification campaign that's ever been launched. And back to the Medes that lived in media that used to teach this technology to the kings and queens of the Mediterranean to control their people. So, yeah, I remember your question now, were they always controlling? Right. Well, the originators of this technology were from ancient Egypt and they were using it to make their people better and smarter mm. because it's like any, like, it's like any, it's any tool. You can use it as a weapon or you can use it like, like a knife. If I grab the handle end, I can cook a meal or defend myself. Now, if I grab the blade end, I'm going to cut myself. I'm going to injure myself. It's no different so, than yoga cities. You know, you can, uh, the more you meditate, the more you do these spiritual practices or spiritual exercises or yogic kriyas, heartfully with, with uh, you know, authentic application, true application, you will develop, it says it in all the sutras and all the ancient texts, you will develop cities, you will develop these, these six senses or these fifth elemental senses or abilities, right? Um, moving things, manifesting things through the ether. But who cares if it's not for good? It's like, be careful with the power that you're given because you could use it for good or you could use it for bad. So yeah, to your point. Yeah, and that's what's sort of going on today where um, even in the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, I mean, there's repetition that hacks the mind, but positive reinforcement will upregulate the mimicking effect. And in Gone in 60 Seconds, Angelina Jolie, um, I mean, Nicolas Cage got to have Angelina Jolie because he was such a, a good car thief. So that goes to what's called foundational sort of needs or urges and all all psychology the need to 
reproduce. I mean, men want to reproduce. So inside for the base needs of a man watching Gone in 60 Seconds with the repetitive car theft imprints, he is also, not only is he living in a tribe where everybody's stealing cars, if he goes and steals a car, he can, he can reproduce and he can have a female. So you can see there's all kinds of psychological manipulation. And when you're inside the, the movie theater, you usually caffeinated or chemically infused. And that's why they serve all the unhealthy foods outside because it's easier to put someone into trance or alpha brainwave state where this upregulation, the mimicking effect is a lot more severe. Mm. And if anybody wants to go see how severe this mimicking effect can be, if you watch a screen, go watch the documentary. You can get it on Vimeo for free or uh, YouTube, it's called Pseudoology, The Art of Lying. It's a Christian group, and these guys lay it out right down the middle. I've never seen a better documentary. It, it's proven, I mean, to hypnotize someone, get them to mimic, you need to put them in an alpha brainwave state. The chemicals put the person in alpha brainwave state, and when you stare at a screen, you yeah. go into trance, which is alpha brainwave state. And that's why the old hypnotists used to swing the watch in yeah. front of a, someone. Look at the watch. You're getting very sleepy. And by staring at anything, you transfer your brainwave state over to alpha, which is trance, which is perfect for hypnotism, which means your frontal lobe is down. Trance means your frontal lobe is down. Mm. So th there you go. The first time I was hypnotized, when I went to a hypnotherapist, I, I wanted some help in, I think, like writing a book at the time. And um, she was testing my suggestibility. And I found out I'm 87% suggestible, whereas my husband is about 56% suggestible. But it was fascinating because in a matter of 60 seconds, I was had my head like in my lap. <laughs> because she say, you're getting very tired, try to lift your hand, my hand, I couldn't lift it, it was getting heavier and heavier. And I didn't even have to look at anything. It was because my suggestibility quotient was so high that I was just getting the input from her voice. And I think she was just tapping. And I just went into a state. And I just think, wow, with everything that we're being fed, if we just like stick with food for a second, like we just kind of backtrack for a second and go into the caffeine, go into, you know, the crappy food at the ballparks, uh, just go down the grocery aisle. I, I'm thinking about just doing a quick little video. I, I'm a mom. I feed, you know, an 11-year-old boy. Uh, want him to grow into his fullest potential. Don't want to feed him denatured foods and, you know, cotton candy and all these things that uh, affect you in a negative way of the obvious, right? And I'm going down the cereal aisle. And this is in a Whole Foods. And I cannot find one thing in the whole aisle that doesn't have quote unquote natural flavors, which we know are not natural, which throw off our um, neuro inhibitors, right? So it's like the things that we are up against to me is sometimes 
disheartening. It's sometimes it's like, you got to take a deep breath and go like, man, it's like, you feel like you're getting slung at, you know, arrows in every direction. It's like, you can't find food for your kid. You know, they're trying to shut down the farmer's market down the street. You know, they're trying, Monsanto wants you to, can't, you can't grow your own seeds. It's like, oh man. There's no question there. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it is that sort of agenda because not only do they want a population with their frontal lobe shut down, they're looking to weaken the people physically, like less able males, less able females, feminized males, <clears throat> masculinized females, they're they're going to invert everything. They want everything inverted. They're it's almost like they're a little bit of an inversion cult. They use the upside down cross, the upside upside down pentagram, which represents the ether. So they want the inverted ether. This is this is the sort of world that they dream of. Is they're they're not happy with happiness. <laughs> they're they're just they're they're maybe they they have some sort of wiring inside the brain where they're permanently wired to the limbic system. I'm not too sure, but like I said, evil is uh, lived spelled backwards and the devil is lived spelled backwards. And there's your inversion so that we can know who we're dealing with. Anything that's anti-life or anti-nature, anti-God, anti-family, anti-child is evil by definition. And we've really forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a spiritual war? that we're in right now? And if so, how is it? And can you explain that to people? Um, I think sometimes the spiritual aspect is lost on people, but it would appear that the, I have some ideas about that. I mean, I don't know if I want to get into them too deeply, but we can definitely see that there's an evil force that's controlling some of the wealthiest people on the planet where they're obsessed with control. They're initiating various policies that are going to end the lives of many, many people. And is it them or is there a spiritual aspect to this? Like if you were a spirit that could occupy what they call a human meat suit or a human space suit. We might call it a walk-in. A walk-in. Yeah, let's call it a walk-in. Who would you walk into? <laughs> I would, if I was an evil spirit, I would pick some of the wealthiest people because then I could conduct my evil electricity a lot farther as a spellcaster. So there's definitely a lot of evil in the world. And the reason a lot of people aren't recognizing it is they've been initiated. They're not aware because part of evil's agenda was to initiate us into the evil cult like a lot of people are card carrying members of the evil cult and but they think they're civilized moral and ethical upstanding community members and and this is where evil has really made some headway is you can just see the average person has some sort of weird self-sadistic programming where they like beyond liking killing or hurting the world or the planet or nature, their primary target of their hatred is themselves. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They can't eat well. They they demand medications that I mean, if you took the whole bottle, you die. But one per one per day is supposed to make you healthy. I mean, in a movie, if someone wants to commit suicide, they never go to the vegetable crisper and try to eat four heads of organic cauliflower. They go to the medicine cabinet and try. It doesn't matter what bottle you grab, right? They can all end your life. So how is that medicine? You see this weird spell that's being cast over people. Anything from circumcision to having coffee on an empty stomach, running to a job they don't like. And then, you know, on a Friday night, they say, let's order some poison and watch some actors kill each other on TV. Let's, let's, let's do an in night. Let's stay in tonight. And, and so there's this weird, very inverted idea of living our lives. And if you look at the, what people are living out, they're living in, in, in Satanism is a, I'm not a religious person. Satanism is a church in San Francisco run by Anton LaVey. And they have very basic rules. And if you sort of just use your body as this chemical fun factory with no long-term outlook on what it's going to do to you, so fun today, don't worry about tomorrow. That is a primary tenant of Satanism. Mm-hmm. And, and people know me, I'm not church going, but I do study living philosophies and why people aren't noticing is somehow with the movie programming I'm talking about, same thing I talked about with Gone in 60 Seconds, we watched so many movies and TV shows of self-serving good time sallies that we've we've become card carrying members of a very dark cult while having two personalities while one personality believes we're really good people but if we're really good people why are we hating ourselves to the point where we're destroying ourselves why are we doing that why do we not run to the aid of children when they need our help why do we throw our children under the bus and you know, you know basically hand them off to a corrupt government for brainwashing and indoctrination. If we really love them, we'd protect them from medicine, science, government, and media. But most parents are like, I don't want, I got to get to that job I don't like so I can have the junk food on a Friday night and a couple of beers. So I got to give my kid to the government. None of this makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I think it, um, often requires for a change of consciousness, at least this is my belief and my personal experience, uh, it requires some sort of uh, personal catastrophe, a personal event that, you know, drags you through the mire enough, you know, might not be a wreck in, uh, you know, where you, you lose both limbs and you, you go through 15 surgeries. It might be, it might require that, or it might be a wreck in a padded truck where you get beat up a little bit, you know, metaphorically speaking. So then you go, wow, I had no idea that this is what's going on. And I've had personal experiences with that in the medical field with myself. I healed myself of Hashimoto's, which is considered unhealable. And I went to the head of endocrinology at the major hospital here. And after doing all these alternative therapies and 
frequency medicines that have been around for years, by the way, but have been pulled um, by the AMA and uh, other powers that be. She couldn't quite figure out how I did it. And I think of my son who um, was injured by some medical um, procedures, which we won't go into. And, um, and I woke up with that. And my husband, who almost died, yes, almost died um, by being on almost 10 rounds of hardcore, kicky in the pants antibiotics. And he never really needed to be on any of them. Okay, maybe a round or two, but there are other ways that could have knocked out this condition, which is thankfully now healed for going the alternative route. But it's, it's, uh, it's an epidemic. I think the self-hatred is an epidemic coupled with the, um, the behaviors that, and the beliefs that are at play here on this planet that it's like, well, if you're sick, go to the doctor. Well, what does the doctor do? They just give you what they've been told and they don't know any better. Like the head of endocrinology at this major hospital, she could not figure out how I did it but she's just fed the same stuff that all the other doctors in her position are fed. I'm not saying she's a bad doctor, but I'm also not saying she's awake and taking a journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How could, I mean, everybody's under this sort of trans-based mind control. And if you look at all mind control experiments, when you see them, or if you go to a hypnosis show, the people look lucid, they're awake. Right. I mean, I went to a hypnosis show and my friend, it was an X-rated show in Las Vegas with Anthony Cools. My friend went up. I know he's didn't act out anything. He, it was his birthday. He went up on stage. He had his pants off. He had his underwear on. He was having sex with furniture. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody was laughing. And when he came down, I said, John, I mean, please, uh, some of the stuff. Do you, do you remember anything? He says, I remembered everything. I couldn't stop myself. Wow. So I said, okay, there we go. That's a great quote. It's going to come in handy when I try to explain how powerful hypnosis is. I remembered everything. I couldn't just stop myself. Mm -hmm. And and in the CIA mind control tactics that uh, RFK was talking about, I mean, seeing blood is up there, caffeine is up there, not sleeping, like sleep, sleep deprivation is definitely a mind control technique. And if you look at medical interns, coffee, terror, blood, death, and sleep deprivation. And there was a man called Lennon Honor and Janice Barcelo, two, both of them interviewed a medical doctor and he had done research that the, the medical training protocol is straight out of the CIA mind control handbook as well in regards to how the medical doctors are handled. They eat chips and pop. You got the chemical infusion. You got the fear of death. You got blood trauma, gore. You have uh, 36. Why, why do medical interns have to work more than eight hours? That's right. Well, why? It doesn't make any sense that the people that we're going to trust to make the most complex decisions for our livelihood are working 24, 36 hours. This makes no sense unless what you're talking about is we're inside of an entire system 
where it's evil Mm-hmm. Because it's anti-life. I mean, even when you were talking about going down the grocery store aisle for your child, look at the average kid's meal menu at a restaurant. Like if aliens landed, it would be no stretch at all for the aliens to conclude we hate our kids. Totally. Like you're telling me that you're going to come over with a big smile on my face as a server at a restaurant. You're going to show me food not fit for a maggot to consume. And you're going to call that a kid's meal. Everybody gets excited, which is positive reinforcement. It drives in the anchors. It drives in the trigger words. It drives in the mind control. Everybody's excited because here comes the poison. Like what, where, where are we living where there's so so many modalities of child attack? And of course, if you look at it back in ancient cultures, ancient doctrine, if you came across a sort of satanic cult or what's called the bull cult of Molesh, they always coveted hurting children and destroying children to the highest degree because they considered it a, a smack right in God's face. The younger the child, the more connected they are to God. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to just drive God right in the face, even though you can't see God directly, you can tra- do an etheric transfer of your hatred through the child that will get to God. Mm-hmm. And so you see all this. It's it's anti-child. There's there's more children being attacked today than adults, and the adults give free reign, free pass to evil most times. Why do we need to give something that has no data to our future generations that are have robust immune systems? Big big question. You've got to scratch your head and go. Why? And if you're conditioned over time through the movies, the TVs, and this kind of slow drip, death by a thousand cuts conditioning, the average person has forgot how to protect their child from evil. They don't know how to see evil. They don't know how to protect their child from evil. They don't even know that their cosmic job on the planet as adults is to protect the next generation. Their job isn't to go down to the beauty salon or get a new car or, you know, the latest shiny thing. The only cosmic role for female and male energy is to have children and to protect the children from evil. And evil appears to live with us equally on the planet. I mean, Half the world is dark, they say, at any one time, and half is light. And of course, if bodies, if everybody lived forever, we'd run out of resources. Mm-hmm. And if a body died and did not decompose under the death cycle, the, the bodies would be piled into the stratosphere. So death, there is de- death is a part of the life cycle, but it appears right now that death is crossing over beyond its 50%, trying to take a big bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, of something that is not cosmically it theirs or mm-hmm. it, its own. It is not, it, it has to be driven back to where it belongs. What do you think it will take, Jason, to break this system apart? Uh, I just think if we, I think evil was threatened over the past 30 years with everybody sort of becoming healthier 
and getting access to the frontal lobe. And with the frontal lobe on, evil doesn't stand a chance because it's easily identifiable. The frontal lobe is the thinking, rational, logical, adult, courageous and brave part of the mind that says, yeah, there's evil. It's got some big teeth and uh, I'm just going to go get my shovel or my AR and we're going to take care of this. And if some of the man folk don't come back, well, that's their job. And the frontal lobe is completely okay with that. Now, um, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take people realizing they're in a chemical stupor. They're in a comfort coma. They've been put there purposely by the misleaders and the powers that shouldn't be. And they're really feasting on us right now and are disabled and diseased and disempowered and dysfunctional state. And if we want to stand any chance against this evil or future evils that are coming, we have to go back and embrace nature natural food, natural water, um, stop staring at screens so much, start looking in each other's eyes, go soul to soul with each other, start connecting with the heart instead of the pelvis. We, we really have to get out of the devil's den. Yeah. Everything that's around us is a destroyer of life. And we really have to weed out these systems, especially medicine, science, media, and government, where you know, this is where the evil ether is being conducted like a lightning rod today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I just found out just a, a bit of a segue here, but to the point of really taking care of the planet and our resources and our food and our water. Well, I live in California and just found out, and we swim in the ocean, we surf, and just found out yesterday that 17 million gallons, I think it is, 17 million gallons of raw sewage got spilled into the ocean by El Segundo, by the water treatment plant. And if you go look on the, if you go do a search on Google, you find nothing. The only way we found out about it was from a friend who posted it on Facebook and then found something on Twitter. You can't find it anywhere. And I think, wow, I'm so lucky. We were swimming you know, and uh, further up north. So we were trying to find out exactly where the spill was that went out about a mile. And I think, God, all those people that were surfing, it, it leaked from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. the following day. And I think, what about all those people that are surfing in that bay at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 10 a.m.? Even today, they've cl- apparently now closed it, but that was some 24, 48 hours later. Yeah. And that's the sort of evil sort of conduct that's been going on. I mean, everything from fluoride and the tap water, I mean, fluorides, fluoride's been proven to cause brain damage at two parts per million. And if you want to get that six, there's 65 studies now that prove that you can go to fluoridealert.org and Two parts per million, there's 1,500 parts per million in fluoridated toothpaste. And when there's extra fluoride, there's a senior version of Colgate and Crest that has 5,000 parts per million, causing brain damage and cancer at two. And then when you go to the dentist who's under the mind control, the same trauma-based mind control, trying to get the mark, staying up late, 
the the dentist if they do the uh, you know the dental dam mm-hmm. application on directly to the teeth it's fifteen thousand to twenty five thousand parts per million so it doesn't matter if it's a fluoride or the Teflon pan or the microwave food they've fed people microwave food they have the same immune markers as being poisoned when you study them in experiments. Tylenol is proven to make people psychopathic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's an evil. Everything is anti-life, anti-creator, anti-success, pro-struggle, mm-hmm. pro-war, pro-crisis, pro. You know, everything is about beating us down. Now, who 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 would beat us down? We all know there's only one force in the universe that will want to beat us down, and it's pure and unadulterated evil. And if you are a spiritual evil, where are you going to go? And some people even think the uh, these great stone buildings that house our government and various leaders, some of some people have studied them and say they're conduits and they have electrical capabilities like the pyramid that they're like lightning rods for for evil electrical forces that have the ability to hijack compromised humans. Our immune systems can be spiritual as well. Like maybe we're, we're not working on the immunity and we're getting hijacked all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody mentioned to me the other day about the Washington Monument. I grew up outside of DC and they mentioned the coordinates of the Washington Monument. I can't remember the details, so I'm going to butcher his story. But to your point, it had something to do with the sacred geometry, and it it lined up somehow in some significant way with the pyramids, that it had some sort of um, ley line sort of technology, energy, like an energy grid um, that could emit a very specific powerful frequency. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff people don't know. Like the Washington Monument is uh, 555 feet tall and 55 inches, and five in the world of magic is the, is the number of of it's the number of the ether, the fifth element. Right. Right. right? So five, and all magic spells, the amplification is three five, three numbers or letters or more so you have 555 so it's a pentagram it represents the five uh, um, what do they call the earth water fire um, wind and the ether the the fifth the five elements of the of the earth so there's all kinds of hidden knowledge and of course the hieroglyphic for the star system Sirius, which the Egyptians used to study, was a pentagram, a star, an obelisk, and an oval. So you have them all lined up in Washington. You have the Pentagon, the Washington Monument, and all in a line with the Oval Office. There's a lot of Egyptian influence inside our current government systems, and the people that I'm always talking about, back to media, back to the Medes, back to these cults that really don't like life and really like to pick on kids, you can trace them back to this ancient Egyptian bull cult of Molesh. And people don't understand that these folks and their very odd belief systems are intertwined inside our major government institutions today. I mean, I could give a whole three-hour seminar on that talk alone. 
Even on 9-11, the only buildings that remained standing were uh, the Solomon Building, which is a dome, which is Middle Eastern. And there was another building next to it, which is a pyramid uh, top building and a stepped pyramid building. They were the only ones remaining untouched. Wow. People don't know these things. And, and, And September 11th is the first day of the Egyptian New Year calendar. No. It yeah, you, you you can Google that. You'll get that on the first hit. Wow. So people don't understand these things. They don't. And the thing is, it's not about knowing them. It's about having your frontal lobe on right. to connect the dots. I mean, even Anubis. Uh, Anubis is the god of death. And then at the Denver airport in 1999, the big Anubis god of death was put at on the end of one of the runways. Why? Why? Why do that? Yeah, why? Why? Exactly. Who's responsible for that? Who put that there? People, if you're, if you're, see, this is the initiation I'm talking about where you're, you're normalizing seeing the God, the Egyptian God of death with so many people landing and, 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 you know, taking off and it's all about getting their deities and their belief systems inside your head to normalize them. Mm-hmm. There should be no God of death anywhere in any free society. It should be, no, we're about life. I don't care if it's educational. You, we can talk about it, but we're not going to, and then who paid for it? We're not going to talk about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not going to talk about belief system of this God of death. It makes me think about what else are we normalizing? Robert Kennedy Jr. will we'll, we'll draw from his um, talks again. He grew up taking care of um, helping kids in the uh, Special Olympics from the Kennedy family. And he said he never saw ever someone with the autism that he sees today. And we have celebrities who will go unnamed, or we just see the media trying to normalize something like autism or they're special. And hey, I get trying to find the positive and something that is excruciatingly challenging because I have friends that have severely autistic children and it's a lifelong battle and my heart goes out to them and it's, it's, it's horrible what they have to deal with. Grown children that are wearing diapers in their 20s and need full 24 seven care. But there's a normalization that I'm seeing with that. But my question is, I, from what I can tell and from what I've researched, the, the numbers of these events, these sort of manifestations, these were things weren't around hundreds of years ago. And people will say, oh, no, 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 it's technology. We now know more about it because we have the technology. And I go, well, is it or is it something else that's changing the genome, that's changing the DNA, that's for better or for worse, but it's causing this increase in autism. I'm thinking of Stephanie Senoff, I believe, one of the great scientists, and she did studies on GMO since I think for over 50 years, and she sees this correlation between the increase in shots and the increase in GMO production and autism. And I, I'm i gonna 
get her numbers wrong, but I believe she said by the year 2050, you might know this, Jason, one in two boys will have autism. I guarantee it. I mean, there's so many things to talk about there, but yeah, you can, I would suggest people maybe watch the documentary called The War on Children. You can still find it on YouTube and it will talk about the mind control techniques that are being used against our children inside the government school system to influence them in a similar way to what I described with Gone in 60 Seconds where the car theft went up. The thing about the subconscious mind and its loving need to copy, mimic, and emulate, it's eight times more powerful. It's, it's, a, it's need to mimic and copy and fit in is eight times more powerful in childhood because this is a defense system. Fitting in and trying to be liked is a defense system so that you don't come under physical attack, which means when you don't can't throw a roundhouse or fight like I can fight, all you got is mimicking. So they know the kids when they're young mimic harder than anybody else regarding repetitive content. And in my province of Ontario, there was a man called Ben Levin. And you can look him up. Levin is L-E-V-I-N. He was the deputy minister of education. So he's in charge of the, he's the deputy minister. So second in command regarding what's taught to our children in Ontario. Now he was caught in an RCMP sting. That's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, our top federal police service. He was caught in a sting, child pornography. And during this thing, they got him talking and he said he had already had sex with his own daughters mm. and he dreamed of having sex with his grandchildren as infants. So that was recorded. This is the man working in government, the liberal government, our version of the Democrats. And he, they, they, you know, basically he was in charge of the curriculum. Now he had forwarded curriculum changes for the province of Ontario and psychologists stepped in when he forwarded those changes and said, this is how pedophiles groom their victims. And this is, this is what, this is, people have to start paying a lot closer attention to government being a lightning rod for the most effective humans in the tribe because mm -hmm. they can't survive without parasiting. Government is a parasite and there's lots of good people in government, but there's a point where a government worker will simply follow out orders, even if the devil is giving them mm -hmm. because they can't, they have no independence outside the system. And this is what's going on today is there's good, good people in my community executing orders that are literally from evil itself. Mm. And, the, and this dependency agenda is another agenda where the average human is put through 12 years of government brainwashing and indoctrination in what we call school, which is just teaching them to be completely dependent you can always learn how to write a resume in government school, never a business plan. You'll have other nine to five people, nine to five laden people lecturing you about life, but they'll never inv invite in a businessman like me who's 
independent of the system and has been since he graduated from university. Never had a job since I was 24 years old and I'm 50, 52, 52, <laughs> 51. I don't remember getting old. Okay, so 41. Yeah. Thank you. So th this is, this is, you know, it's, it, although they sound like different problems, everything we're talking about from the spill to the, the sewage spill, to the Teflon pans, to the, um, critical race theory where they're teaching people to hate themselves. Like who's going to teach someone to hate themselves for something? And who did this 300 years ago? It was the same guys, the same Egyptian, Sumerian, Babylonian guys were the ones with doing the slave trade and in my country, setting up the residential schools and calling the, the First Nations people. And everybody's focused on us. It's like we have to wear all the guilt and shame. Like, when do we go to the government buildings and say, hey, you guys got to go? <laughs> You're an evil cult. You're the one doing the killing back then. You're doing it now. You got to go. And, and we've been treated like this so long, we might forget how to be good people. Mm -hmm. we, might, we might forget what it's like to have a day of love. We might forget what it's like to have a day of peace where the sun is shining and someone's not trying to destroy us. We, we might have this cultural PTSD where if everything just slows down and we're just at peace and in love, we, it might feel like someone else's clothing. We might want to rip it off ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this is the danger of being addicted to adrenaline, be addicted to panic. And that's why a lot of people kind of like the current crisis is because it feels like their life. Yeah, it's like familiar. It's, it's very familiar to them, right? And the subconscious loves the familiar. The ego loves the familiar. <laughs> What's that? The ego loves the familiar. Yeah, it, because it's predictable. And the right. word predictable and familiar is just another word for being safe. Right. So, yeah, we have some big problems. and But if we start looking at the patterns we got to back the open the aperture a little bit and bit and say look we got to start recognizing what's what's evil here on the planet if it's anti-life anti-child anti-creator anti-nature uh, anti-human it's evil and it's got to be arrested immediately and everybody's got to be involved even if people die if evil comes off, the warrior men have to get together, and that's a whole other issue on it, on its own. Mm -hmm. Because the men have been feminized, not because men want to be feminine, but the same brainwashing techniques in conjunction with chemical additives that increase estrogen and lower testosterone. And we just, we got to get back to whatever our natural design was, we got to get back there because it's the because we're walking lie detectors. If we step outside the natural design, we will die. We need food. Without food, we die. Right. We need love. Without love, we die. And they've done lots of experiments like that. And if you don't have connection, you will die. Mm -hmm. And we can't heal with poison. Poison doesn't work like that. We're not, we shouldn't spray poison on the food we eat. Simple stuff. Our, yeah. I'm thinking 80% of our disease um, is related to the change in our gut microbiome from these genetically modified organisms that are in the soil, that are in the air, that are in our food. And if we just take that out, what that will do for our health and humanity. 
Yeah, and people, uh, humans, it means like humus. In, in South America, human means walking soil. Mm. And if you look at the, the water on the planet, supposedly 70%, we have 70% water in our bodies. And, and you know, the, the soil is in our gut. We poop out some new old soil and bring in some new soil all the time. Our salt content of our bloodstream is equal to the salt content of the oceans. We're literally walking. We're like walking versions of life on this planet. Yeah. We're like walking earth. We're walking soil. And if you pollute the water inside ourselves and disrupt the soil with poisons, of course we won't work because that's a natural law of this planet. If we pollute the water, the fish die, everything dies. It's a cycle. It's a circle of life. Mm -hmm. So people should understand why evil wants to pollute the water inside of us. It wants to pollute the soil in our bowel because it's, again, it's anti-life. Mm -hmm. Well, you said so much. How can we leave this audience with some hope of what they can do to literally just even 10% for someone listening going, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know what to eat. Okay, eat organic. Organic what? Do I eat meat? Do I not eat meat? I'm a yogi. I feel bad about killing animals. But, you know, I, I, I feel horrible if I don't eat red meat. I mean, what can you tell people so that they can activate their multidimensional system so that they can get into the prefrontal cortex so that they can step into their self-empowerment so they can dismantle their self-hate no matter how subtle? Well, if someone really wants an honest answer, um, if you get your prefrontal cortex on or your frontal lobe, you have to make sure that you're not chemically infused and you're not in fear. And then there, the awakening is automatic. It's free. You don't have to work at it. There's no journey. It just happens. There's no A to B. It just A, done, it's over. You have to understand your TV is a military weapon. It is not there to entertain you. Your movie screen is a military weapon designed as a military weapon by those people in media, the Medes. And they used to, you know, teach the brainwashing technology to kings and queens, and they would use the mimicking effect, the repetition, authority, positive reinforcement in town square meetings. And then it moved to Shakespearean plays. So what you have inside your house is a military grade brainwashing behavior modification weapon. And it is there to use fear and repet repetitive content to literally poison and indoctrinate you back into the Stone Age. Your TV is an old scrying mirror. Like you'd look into the mirror as an ancient witch, you become hypnotized by it. You're looking into the eye of a great beast that can control your behavior, your thoughts, your beliefs, make you act out evil and make you think it's safe 
because everybody's doing it. But why is everybody doing it? Because they got the same military weapon inside their living room. They're also under mind control from the Cyclops that hangs on the wall Mm -hmm. inside your house. So if you were to get rid of it and just surround yourself with positive images that are repetitive, that would outrank the negative influences, your subconscious mind, which is the hackable part of your brain, starts living out positive things. And your frontal lobe will come back on. Just know that I tell people two things you can do. Shut off the TV and stop drinking coffee or ingesting every caffeine. Those are the two primary military-grade weapons that are being used against the people in our society today that puts them into trance, stupefies them, dumbs them down, and makes them pray for this sort of takeover that we're going for now. So upregulate the positivity, downregulate, downregulate the negativity, get rid of the TV and the movie screen, or at least start noticing the repetitive content Even if you were to go back and watch, turn your frontal lobe on if you can, and watch for your first imprint of a coffee cup, Mm -hmm. a coffee mug, a coffee shop, or a coffee machine on the back counter of the restaurant or the kitchen. And know that you will see that coffee cup, coffee mug, those four imprints are the most frequent in film because they know that a caffeinated brain is the brain they want to work their black magic etheric energy on. Mm. And just to be clear, because uh, people on my end have asked, this applies to matcha, even though people say, oh, it has antioxidants. This applies to green tea, this applies to black tea. It's caffeine, it's not coffee, it's caffeine. Right. It's caffeine. And that's why the royal family, which there's a reason. Do you remember the Egyptians and all the Egyptian statues? They Mm -hmm. wear kilts. Yes. Connect the dots. The kilt is Egyptian. They brought it to the UK. The UK royals would do the tea time in all their conquered 59 Commonwealth countries, which includes the United States, because the caffeine makes the slavery feel groovy. Right. Right. So there's there was a tea time in the morning, about 90 milligrams of caffeine, another tea time at about one o'clock. Keep the slaves working. The Egyptians also invented beer. That's why they call it rock and roll, because it was inside the quarries, which they would roll the quarried rock on the logs to get to the work site. There's so much people don't know. So it's any caffeine. And when coffee was only discovered you know, commercially in the late 1600s. And of course it was the crusaders brought back the coffee plant and said, you think you're tranquilizing the slave class with the tea. Wait till you try this stuff. And that's when they really upregulate. They said this stuff stupefies and tranquilizes and lobotomize the frontal lobe like we've never seen. And that's why you can get a $2 cup of Soma every single morning on every corner because they subsidize the coffee plantations so that everybody's chemically infused with the psychoactive drug that makes them slave-like and makes the slavery feel groovy. Mm, Heavy stuff. Well, 
I will say thank you for all that. And thank you because I have quit caffeine per listening to your podcast, Jason. And if you know the number of that episode, you do a very, you do a great episode that is just strictly about focusing on the effects, the negative effects of caffeine and how there's really not one single health benefit. It's all the coffee lobbyists that have been putting that out there and confusing the message. Do you know which episode it is? I don't know what episode it is, but if you want to link it, I can send it to you. Okay. And you can link it. Do you have a show notes for the podcast? Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Your episode from the Psychology of Freedom on Spotify. And uh, also, where can we find you? Well, if I'm not kicked off every major platform by now, um, you can find me on Facebook where I use code words to avoid the bots. Uh, Jason Kristoff, that's a Christ with an OFF on the end. And you can go to my website, which will be changing to soon. It's jchristoff.com, just the letter J and Kristoff.com. You can also email me at Jason at freedomfromselfsabotage.com. And I can answer any question you want or send you, ask me any question. I dare you. <laughs> he will answer it. He does. He will. He's that kind of guy. Jason, you're the best. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Diane. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com.